Welcome to Home Group. This is Rick Renner, and this is the third Home Group of the new year. And today it is me and sister Denise. Denise, welcome to Home Group. Thank you, Rick and Home Group. Welcome. I hope that your new year is opening up brand new things to you, good things to you that you just couldn't have imagined. Well, you know, the Lord spoke to me when I was traveling on a plane in the month of December. And this is what he said to me. The year 2023 will be filled with divine surprises. Everybody likes surprises. Divine provision and divine revelation for those who will receive it. You know, the word receive in Greek is very interesting. It's the word lambano. It means to receive or to take, but it describes the receiving of something that is graciously offered. God graciously offers but there's got to be a receiving of what he offers. You've got to take it. And this prophetic word the Lord gave me was, the year 2023 will be filled with divine surprises, divine provision, and divine revelation. This is so scriptural for those who will receive it. So he's giving it. We've got to say, it's mine. That means that you can say, for me, this year, I'm going to have a lot of good divine surprises. I'm going to have divine provision and divine revelation. And the last two home groups, Denise and I talked about divine revelation. And then we talked about divine surprises. Boy, that was a lot of fun. And today we're going to talk about divine provision. But before we jump into it, first of all, I want to say that Denise and I, our sons and our team, we're just so thankful for you. You know, I say all the time that you can have a car. It can be a beautiful car. It can be polished. It can be in good shape, but if it doesn't have any fuel in the tank, it just sits. It can't go anywhere. In the same way with a ministry, we can do our part. We can be ready to go, but if there's not fuel in the tank, we can't do the ministry. We can't go anywhere. We can't fulfill the assignment. Well, the fuel in the tank that I'm referring to are finances, and our partners really with their giving put fuel in the tank so that this well-prepared spiritual machinery can take the Word of God to people that really need it. Denise and I do our part. Our team works from morning to evening. And Denise, what an amazing team we have all over the world. You know, we have an office in Tulsa. We have an office in Moscow. We have an office in Kiev. We have an office in London. We have an office in the Baltics. We have five international offices. And in all of those offices, we have very committed team members who do their jobs because our partners put fuel in the tank. And so when we call you a partner, we don't use that word lightly. We really mean you're a partner in what we are doing. So before we jumped into the subject of divine provision, first of all, Denise and I wanted to say thank you to you for what you've done in the past and thank you for everything that you're going to do in this new year. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, partners. You're just like Rick explained. You're the fuel in the tank. We, the Bible says that one waters, one plants, but Jesus gives the increase. The increase comes absolutely from comes from the Lord. But it, that, that prayer, that money that you sow, that, that's putting fuel in the tank. Thank you so much. But today we want to talk about divine provision. And we just had Christmas, so I want to talk about a miraculous provision that we were all thinking about 
last month, and that was the appearance of the Magi when they showed up with all those gifts which they brought to Jesus at the family home in Nazareth. And the Bible tells us about it in Matthew chapter 2. Denise, would you read to us Matthew chapter 2, I believe starting in verse 12. Okay. It says, Then, being divinely warned... No, verse 12. That's verse 12. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you go back to verse 11? Okay. <clears throat> and when they had come into the house, <clears throat> they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now think about that. The Bible says they presented, and the word presented that is used is a form of the Greek word pharaoh, which means to bear or to carry, like to carry something very heavy. These were not three little trinket boxes that they were carrying. These were magi. They came with hundreds and hundreds of servants. They even came with an army. And they were physically carrying cargo. And the Bible says they were treasures and gifts. And in both cases, it's plural. And the word treasures is a form of the Greek word thesaurus. It really describes like a storeroom of treasures. The word gifts is plural. It was gifts on top of gifts on top of gifts. If you didn't get a copy of my book called Christmas, The Rest of the Story, in one chapter of that book, I give a potential catalog of the kind of gifts that the Magi brought to the Holy Family. And guess what? The provision showed up just in time. Now, Mary and Joseph were not expecting Magi to show up. This was a divine provision. God brought the money just on time because, verse 12, what's verse 12 say? Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Verse 13. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Well, Denise, Joseph did not have a work permit for Egypt. And at that time, Egypt was the most expensive country in the entire world. It was going to take a lot of money to live in Egypt. And we know because of the records of the Coptic church, which is the Egyptian church from the earliest years, that the Holy Family was in Egypt about three years. And their time in Egypt is called the flight into Egypt. But in fact, it's really the flight through Egypt because while they were in Egypt, they moved and moved and moved and moved because Herod sent spies to seek the child to destroy him. And so if you put together the records of the early Coptic church, and I've been to a lot of these sites, the Holy Family moved close to 40 times during three years. I give an abbreviated list of them, I think about 38 places in my book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story. They started in the Delta Nile, then they moved to Cairo, then they went up the Nile, up the Nile, up the Nile, up the Nile, till finally they came to the city of Aswan. It took about three years, and when they were in Aswan, that's when Herod died. It was gonna take a lot of money to live in Egypt. But God saw to it that divine provision showed up just in the nick of time. It was a divine, supernatural provision. And it brings to my mind the RIV of Philippians 4.19. Listen to this. But my God will supply all your needs so completely that he will eliminate all your deficiencies. 
He will meet all your physical and tangible needs until you're so full you have no more capacity to hold anything else. He will supply all your needs until you're totally filled, packed full, and overflowing to the point of bursting at the seams and spilling over. Denise, we need to renew our minds to what God wants to do. He wants to lavishly meet our needs. And I really like what Joel Renner recently said. He said, you know, that verse says God will meet our needs. That means God likes it when we have needs. He has something he can meet. That really just blessed my heart. If you have a need, God wants to meet your need with the divine provision. Renew your mind to it. Just like God showed the money showed up in time to meet the needs of the Holy Family, God wants to send provision on time to meet your need. But then I want us to go to Matthew chapter 17 to another divine provision. Now, sometimes magi don't show up. Show up. Sometimes God provides supernaturally in other ways. For example, one time the disciples needed to pay taxes. And Jesus told them they would find a gold coin in the mouth of a fish. What would be the likelihood that you'd go fishing and open the mouth of the fish and find a gold coin? Not just a coin, but a gold coin. And we read that in Matthew 17. I think God is hilarious. He just loves to bless us in such surprising ways. And in Matthew 17, verses 24 to 27, I'm reading from the New International Version. The Bible says, After Jesus and his disciples arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma temple tax came to Peter and asked. So these were tax collectors. Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, he replied. When Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon, he asked. From whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? From their own children or from others? From others, Peter answered. Then the children are exempt, Jesus said to them. But so that we may not cause offense, go down to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. That's a gold coin. Give it, take it, and give it to them for my tax and yours. Well, a four drachma coin, it was big money. It was big money in the mouth of a fish. Look how God loves to give divine provision. Here's it really, it's another surprise, but this is really divine provision. Isn't it amazing? It's amazing. It's amazing. And the, what our faith can, can reach out and take. I mean, I remember when if God didn't provide for me in college, I was going to have to go home. Well, I knew that if God didn't provide, I'm going home. So that meant God's going to provide. And I'm telling you the honest truth, Rick. I thought, God, I believe you to provide for me, even if it comes in the beak of a bird. I was ready to receive. I would look under bushes just to make sure that somebody had left me money under there. I was looking for his provision. Well, that makes me want to tell a story. What? On my very first trip to the Soviet Union, oh. we were sitting on Aeroflow, flying from Riga to Moscow, and we were out of money. We, I, I had no more money. My traveling companions, we had no more money. We're on the way to Moscow. We don't even know how we're going to pay for our hotel. But we just said, uh, we'll figure it out. The Lord will provide. So we're riding on the plane. And I'm sitting with my friend. And we're talking about all the things we've seen the Lord do. Just the two of us. And we didn't realize it. But the guy sitting in front of us was listening. Suddenly he turned around. He looked through the seats. 
And he said, you guys, I'm a backslidden Christian. But he said, I am so blessed by everything you're talking about, what God has done for you. I've just got to give you some money. And he reached back and handed us cash. <laughs> it was a divine provision. We were just overwhelmed. So we just kept talking just between ourselves. And I guess he kept listening because in a few minutes he said, I can't help myself. I've got to give you guys more money. He just reached back, gave us more money. By the time we landed in Moscow, we had everything we needed. And when we got on the plane, we didn't have anything. But hey, is that any more surprising when the ravens? I know. Ravens are thieves. Ravens take food. And they brought food to? To Elijah. Elijah and fed him. And widows, they don't have food either. But that's who God sent Elijah to for the widow to feed him. It was just as surprising for Raven to show up with provision as it was to find a coin in the mouth of a fish. That's the truth. I mean, this is just shocking divine provision. But wait, let's look at one more. Let's go to Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 11. And this was really how Peter got saved. When you come to Luke chapter 5, Peter's already had several encounters with Jesus, but he has never called Jesus Lord. Something dramatic had to happen before Peter really got saved. So now we come to Luke chapter 5, beginning verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, that's the Sea of Galilee, and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. They thought the day was done. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon, that's Peter, and prayed him, that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship, verse 4. And when he had finished speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And wait a minute. Do you notice it doesn't say let down your net? It says nets. Jesus had his mind on real provision. Let down nets for a catch. And the word catch means a huge haul. And Simon answering, said unto him, and really answering means kind of argued with him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word. The Greek really means at your insistence. I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their nets break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both of the ships, so they began to sink. Now, sometimes people say, well, how many fish was it? Was it 20 fish? Was it 15 fish? Well, I can just about tell you how many fish it was. You say, oh, Brother Rick, how do you know? Easy to calculate. I was telling Denise today, if you know the right questions to ask, you find answers. And sometimes you'd have to dig a little deep. I begin to ask the question, how big were these boats? Because the Bible says they were both filled. Well, how big were the boats? And what was the capacity of the boats? That's the right question. And I discovered that on the Sea of Galilee, there was one shipping company that had the monopoly on all the boats on that sea. And they only made one ship for fishermen. Everybody had the same ship. We know exactly how long it was, how wide it was, how deep it was, and we know what was the maximum capacity if you completely filled it. And if you completely filled these ships with fish, each ship could hold close to six tons. Denise. That's a lot. Tons. 
tons. So one scholar estimates between the two ships, there were five to 12 tons of fish. Verse eight, that's why verse eight says, and when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. And he was astonished and all that were with him at the massive catch of the fishes, which they had taken. Well, 20 fish would not be massive. It had to be something very impressive. Something interesting to me, Denise, and dear home group member, is that Peter had already seen a lot of things. He'd already heard Jesus teach. He had already seen Jesus heal his mother-in-law. He had already seen Jesus heal lots of people, but never got saved. But when Jesus touched Peter's pocketbook, his heart opened. Different things touched different people. And Peter was a businessman. He was a fisherman. He had a fishing industry. And when God touched his pocketbook, his heart opened. And that's when he called Jesus the Lord of his life. He was astonished. And Jesus said unto him, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. But Denise, when this year began, I announced to our friends that the Lord said to me, the year 2023 will be filled with divine surprises. I declare that to you in Jesus' name. With divine provision, I declare it to you in Jesus' name. And divine revelation, I declare that to you in Jesus' name for those who will receive it. So in our first three home groups of the year, we've already talked about divine revelation. Last week, we talked about divine surprises. Today, we've talked about divine provision. And we've seen that God loves to show up and just show off. He brought wise men that were unanticipated who brought treasures and treasures and treasures to pay all the bills. Then when Jesus needed to pay his tax and the disciples' tax, God provided a gold coin in the mouth of a fish. Look how God loves to do things in a surprising fashion. And then Jesus didn't just give Peter 15 or 20 fish. He gave him tons of fish when Peter thought the fishing was done. It was a divine provision. Denise, we live by divine provision. It doesn't matter what you earn. What you earn is not enough to pay your bills. You have no idea what's going to happen that's unanticipated. Of course, you need to use your head and do the best you can, but at the end of the day, you need divine provision. What do you need divine provision for right now? To make your house payment? Do you need divine provision to pay a bill that's shown up? Or maybe you have some debt you're trying to get rid of? You just feel pressure right now, or maybe there's a gift that you feel like you're supposed to give to a ministry. Hey, there's a gold coin in a fish's mouth. There's magi waiting to show up to knock on your door. There's a whole haul of fish waiting, and Jesus is telling you to change your thinking. Change your thinking. Throw out nets. Nets. Get ready, because he has divine provision in 2023, for those who will receive it. Amen, Denise. Amen. And I just want to finish my little story because the provision for that first year in college that I was telling you about earlier, it came from a place that was impossible. So God, he, he did the impossible, just like he did for Peter. 
if we just open our heart and recognize him as the God of the impossible, of the God who cares about me, the God who's full of provision for me, we open our hearts and minds to receive from him. You know, Denise, we need provision. Amen. And I know our home group needs provision. So, Lord, right now in Jesus' Amen. name, we all stand in faith. You said it's for those who will receive. Oh, Jesus, we receive. So we just say thank you. You are faithful. Oh, thank you that now. this year yeah. you want to give us divine surprises, divine provision, divine yeah. revelation. Amen. We open our hearts. We take it all by we faith. We take it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's been good. Amen. Let us know how to pray for you. So reach out to us. You can call us or send us your email. And when we hear from you, we're going to release our faith for God to move in your life. And we'll see you in the next home group. If you enjoy that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.